Welcome to episode 243 of the Outback Mind podcast. Uh, been a while since I've uh, had uh, the opportunity to do a podcast, so I do apologise uh, for the delay uh, in getting another one to you. Um, we just released a documentary actually called Healing Men's Minds, um, and it's been a busy month actually. It was released on September 1st. Uh, rolling it out uh, throughout some workplaces in uh, central Queensland here and um, it's having a, a really uh, positive impact. It really talks deeply about um, what we're not doing well as men and what we can probably do better and it shows some you know, pretty uh, pretty serious stories of lived experience with guys that have struggled. So um, we just want to try and do what we can to educate the communities more and more. If you'd like to organise a screening, um, you know, please reach out to me and uh, be happy to um, do what I can to help. Uh, you can just email support at backmind.org.au. But more importantly, today we have a very special guest on by the name of Tyson Cherry. Now, Tyson um, runs an organisation called Entertainment Assist. Now, this is something that I'm really interested in and curious about, um, you know, musicians. So, Entertainment Assist um, support musicians with their mental health. Um, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you would have heard some of the the musicians that have been on, uh, both famous and not so famous, um, that have, you know, talked about their own mental health challenges, um, you know, which can be really tough. Performing consistently all the time and having to, uh, you know, get yourself up, but also, you know, the, the ups and downs of, uh, of the industry, I guess, you know, you can be flying one minute and then sort of down your dumps uh, the next. And, you know, there's a lot of drugs and alcohol possibly uh, in amongst that too. So, um, now, what they're doing is really trying to create um, emotional literacy uh, for musos, but also give them uh, the ability to be able to learn how to switch off and self-regulate, and that's something that we're really passionate about too, like help people learn how to slow their nervous system down and get sort of back to balance again, you know. Um, it's uh, the stuff they really should have taught us at school, eh? But uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, we've got a job to do, and uh, the more people that we can help, um, you know, moving forward, Tyson and I, and other like-minded people, the better. So I'm sure you'll uh, you'll really enjoy this uh, this chat. Um, if you'd like to send me some feedback, I'd love that. I uh, appreciate uh, all the positive messages that we get. Um, just email support at backmind.org.au. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. G'day, Tyson. How are you? Good, mate. Really uh, appreciate you uh, you coming on for a yarn. And, uh, you know, you're all the way over in WA, so you're a couple of hours behind us. And, um, uh, mate, um, yeah, really, really looking forward to the chat with you today because, um, as you know, we've had lots of musos that have come onto the podcast here that have sort of had, uh, you know, their own, own challenges and battles. And um, yeah. uh, I know, you know, you're pretty passionate about this because you, uh, you went through your own sort of experiences. Um, can you tell us a bit about that? Um, yeah, I think like like everyone, um, I've had my own journey through mental health, and that's that's an ongoing thing. Um, yeah, I grew up in my twenties. I was in the arts. I was in theatre, uh, musical theatre, and eventually that led into uh, doing music and forming a band. Um, so it was all it's all fun and. You know that that lifestyle has that sort of appeal of you know being a bit of a rebel and you're a, you're a struggling artist so all that at the time appealed to me um, but you know lifestyle wise it's it's not it's not the best it wasn't the best then and it's probably still still like that um, in terms of drugs and alcohol and just the the 
late nights and the you know the effect on any work that I was doing. Um, so that went on. I sort of carried that through when I met my first wife and got married and started having kids, and then uh, moved to country town to start teaching. And um, I was teaching drama there, um, and. Yeah, I guess elements of that lifestyle stayed with me um, in terms of self-medicating. And I guess as the as you get older and you start doing these these things that you know tick the boxes in life, you get married and you have kids and you buy a house. And um, I started, you know, working and working harder and not really understanding why. And um, it was just before my marriage breakup, I had gone for quite a high promotion in teaching two years in a row, and this was the second year, and I didn't get it. And it was literally like my brain just flicked a switch Mm. and was sick of pretending. Yeah. So that led to a long, um, you know, probably... Probably almost a 10-year journey after that of um, marriage breakdown, moving back to Perth, uh, navigating, starting your life over again um, as, a, as a male, you know, having to lose your what you thought you, would, you were doing the right thing, um, to lose all that and lose access to your kids, seeing your kids every day and... You know, all those factors, um, I just sort of white-knuckled it as well. I was on antidepressants, but uh, there was no understanding there of what they were actually doing and what the side effects would be. Um, but, yeah, I sort of just – I was only on them for about six, seven months, but I sort of just, you know, held on for dear life for the next seven or eight years. Um, trying to still be a dad and um, navigate what I was doing career-wise and all those things. Mm. Very common and very uh, very <laughs> familiar. What yeah, what you're talking about there, mate. It's it's really amazing, isn't it? Um, you're you're sort of in your mid to late forties now, and I'm not much older, but. Mm. But there's no manual, really, is there, for this sort of stuff? You, you're just doing what you believe is right, but, yeah, you sort of get uh, tied up in knots, and or, a lot of us do. But but primarily, um, you know, what I'm hearing with your story is, you know, you put a lot of work and uh, effort into into your, your role and your attachment to your role and the status that probably come with that. And when it sort of doesn't happen, the self-worth really, um, really kicks in, the lack of self-worth and... Um, that can take us to a you know a depressive state, and um, maybe sometimes it actually needs someone to just line us back up again rather than put us on tablets. You know, um, yeah. if we can just have someone like to, to to straighten us up and put us on on the right path, you know, back to what we really want to do, then I think we can start to you know take a bit of autonomy again. And it sounds like it's a pretty um, pretty difficult period for you. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, there is no manual, and I think a lot of a lot of the awareness does naturally happen as you get older. You know, the, the understanding of 
um, where a lot of that lack of self-worth and trauma and stuff comes from. But um, a good trend that I have seen um, doing a lot of men's work myself is, you know, the men are, are getting younger and younger that are that are being drawn to, you know, doing this hard work on themselves and understanding where their behaviour comes from. Yes. So that's a really hopeful thing in that sense. But, um, you know, because I was teaching at the time, I got referred to the, uh, you know, EAP support services. And I had my antidepressants and I went off to see this psychologist or counsellor in Perth um, by myself. And she was possibly the worst psychologist I've ever seen. Mm. She used to she used to sit there with her eyes closed as I was speaking and then just sort of every now and again she'd open her eyes and give me some some little cliche like, you know, you've got to dance like no one's watching and mm. you know, and I just thought I could probably say anything in here and she wouldn't even react. <laughs> um so I didn't get much from that and then, you know, that's where that and I think this happens a lot with men as well. If you don't if you do get to a stage where you reach out for some sort of support and it's not the right support for you, then I think a lot of men get really, um, what's the word, threatened by that and just mm. shut off again and go, no, nah, that didn't work, so, you know, I'm just going to carry on by myself. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, that was definitely my, my experience. Yeah, mate, yeah, you did right, like... Really, at the end of the day, men need to be listened to, uh, acknowledged, and understood, and mm. uh, and appreciated. And um, yeah, I guess you know, in your situation, you probably needed someone to give you uh, guidance and advice, and uh, and 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 that that helping hand, you know, because we need that compassion. Yeah. We really do need that compassion when we want to get when we get to that point, you know, because we can't maybe talk to our ex-wives or our wives or our mums or our dads or whatever about it or even our mates, you know. We, we really need someone to just feel feel how we're, how we're going and actually mm. be able to sort of, you know, help us with that. And, and that's really lacking. I think the clinical system can be quite cold in many ways, possibly, um, you know, and, and that's where I think having the lived experience or having people that have sort of walked the path can be probably a little bit more helpful sometimes. Mm. And I think... Yeah, you're right. That's when I started working in mental health a few years ago. Um, what drew me to this company that I worked for at the time was that they were seeking out people who weren't necessarily, uh, in quotation marks, qualified. Mm. You know, they weren't looking for psychologists and, um, you know, people that were qualified in social work even. It was just the person so you'd get the interview and they'd talk to you and your experiences and see if it lined up with their sort of values as a as a service mm. and my time there i you know i just i was helping ended up helping guys that were very similar to my situation you know had been through very similar things and and that's the that's definitely a powerful thing with men. If you can find someone to talk to or some sort of support where you know that that person's gone through a similar experience, then you're going to feel that safety yes. and you're going to be able to 
tell them your story and and get that support because you feel like yes they understand what i've been through yes yeah yeah that's huge not, yeah not some counselor that's going to sit there and you know and, and i'm not saying that psychologists and counselors are not needed either um you know i've used i've seen some brilliant psychologists uh, who have really helped me a lot um but this is also what's led to my passion for the preventative space and you know i've got sons myself i've got three sons of varying ages so you know there's different challenges at all those ages <laughs> yeah yeah um i've got a six-year-old 12-year-old and 21-year-old big gaps yeah right. um, amazing and you you don't have you know you don't stop parenting because they're essentially an adult you know mm. um but there's you know what i'm learning in the men's workspace as well is you know that there's a real importance on breaking a lot of those cycles breaking a lot of the stigma yes you're right and once once a man actually finds that he can empower himself and do that and those behaviors that have been intergenerational don't need to continue it's amazing mm. what can happen you know like how we can just shift that 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 narrative and uh, yeah, you're right. Like a lot, a lot of our behaviours are, are coming from what our fathers taught us and so forth too. And, you know, good on you for being where you're at now and being able to sort of maybe empower your sons to, uh, to, to take a different path. And it's really interesting what you said before about, you know, young men um, being curious enough to, um, to do the work and, uh, and move through, um, you know, those blockages. And I think the earlier mm. you can do that, the better, because... Um, a lot of us go through life without even, you know, acknowledging or seeing that. But um, if you can sort of break those shackles early, it can make a huge difference to your, your pathway. Yeah, well, I mean, there's lots of, uh, I guess, developmentally, when you're a young male in your, in your teens or in your early 20s, you know, part of that development stage is that you just feel like you can do anything. You know, you're invincible. Mm. Um, but obviously there's a lot more factors these days compared to when we were kids that are stripping away a lot of that resilience and emotional, you know, literacy, I guess, and understanding mm. from our kids because yeah. they've got access to social media and they've got access to the internet and they've got access to all this online chat, um, where it's not necessarily, a, you know, real interactions. You're not having those face-to-face -face energetic interactions with people. Yes. So it can be, you know, that adds a whole another layer of loneliness and confusion and, um, you know, misunderstanding, I guess, to young kids and especially, you know, again, for boys takes us a lot longer to mature yeah as we know so boys who get a phone at you know 10 11 years old and then are suddenly part of these you know chats where kids are not mature enough to interact in that way yet yes yeah yep. so it's another reason you know not just as a parent but as a as someone that's been through it 
it's another reason why I'm very passionate about, you know, bringing the spotlight onto these preventative services a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, mate, look, you know, the crisis side of things is, is stretch, isn't it? And it can't be really stretched mm. more. And the more, the more we push people down a pathway of dependence, then that's going to only, you know, continually escalate, I believe. You know, a young brain in particular is developing till 25 and, um, you know, they've, yeah. got, they've got so much exposure to, uh, to negativity and... Mate, you know, you think about the education system where we're sort of trained to sit and think where we should have been, you know, um, uh, playing and uh, and moving and um, exactly, uh, and that's what that's what we need need to be doing rather than sort of you know like having our mind dominate our lives, you know, um, and that's that's really the the trap that a lot of people are falling into. So. Um, being able to, to self-regulate and switch off and, um, you know, get back to that neutral mind more and more I think is really key. And uh, they're the sorts of school skills we've got to try and teach people because you've got to realise when your mind's on, you've got to learn how to turn it off. If you keep it on all the time, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to burn out. And, you know, you're going to have physical issues come up, you know, emotional issues come up and that. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, well, I think we've got a hell of a lot of work to do Um but, um, you know, it doesn't discriminate on ages, you know. Um, there's there's no. a lot of guys that are older which are, you know, struggling with things and the way the way the world shifted, like, yeah, you know, mate, um, I'm, I'm a couple of years older than you, but we've seen so much change in our, in our you know, 40, 50 years. And, yeah. um, you know, a young brain is, is constantly seeing rapid change, you know, every every couple of years, you know. It's, um, it's just um, not slowing down. So... We've got to learn to get grounded and learn to switch off and learn to, you know, um, you know, just um, hit the stop button, you know, uh, regularly and, 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 and on purpose, you know, rather than just waiting for it to, yeah. to happen. But, mate, I'm really, really interested to talk to you about the musical side of things and musicians and so forth. And um, I know you were a muso yourself and you played with um, some great bands and that uh, back in the mm. day, but it always uh, got me curious, you know, these guys are like... They're, 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 they're playing hard till, you know, late night or whatever and, you know, the only way they yeah. switch off is maybe stick a fair bit of booze in or um, or maybe take some drugs, you know. Like the nervous system is mm. really heightened and it's like an AFL player or a sportsman that's playing a late night game, you know. It's very hard to get your yeah. cadian rhythm back into uh, into balance again. How, how is all that for you? Um, yeah, look, the... The work that I'm doing now with uh, Entertainment Assist, this is what they're focusing on and I guess my my background was part of the reason why I came into this role. Um, but look, when I, like I said, when I was in my 20s, um, you don't really, you know, the education wasn't there and you're not really thinking about those things. You're, you're just playing music, you know, you're rocking out, you're, drinking booze and it's all really cool um but yeah my the treatment of my body compared to what i know now um was shocking and i just i I guess you know you don't know what you don't know (laughs) so um i did play in a band um later in life as well um called 13 circles and that was that finished up six years ago, uh, just before my son was born. Um, and that was like a bit of a second chance of the music. So while it was a different experience, 
um, because I was coming in a bit more mature and, you know, the the work that we got done was a lot more disciplined. But that lifestyle was still there. So, you know, I was rehearsing late three nights a week um, with, a, with a wife and family mm. um, and then playing gigs. You know, obviously they're usually Friday or Saturday nights. And you're right, you know, you finish a gig, you've you've built all that energy up to get through the anxiety and the nervousness to get on stage. You put a, you put a lot of energy into doing a performance. You know, people who maybe don't or haven't performed in that way might not understand how much uh, mental energy goes into because you're giving so much out to the crowd you know you want them to engage with you and you want them to mm. um you know feel what you're feeling and i was the front man so i was i was the, the vocalist and you know trying to chat with the crowd and really get that energy engaged so there's two things that can happen in that way one you finish and you're on a massive high um or you finish and then you straight away think, oh, shit, you know, I can't, I can't talk to anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. just want to go somewhere quiet and sit in the dark, you know. So mentally, again, that, that can still be a massive shift. My thing was always, um, you know, I would, I would drink before the gig just to settle the nerves and then afterwards you, you feel that release of like, oh, cool, the, the performance is over. Now I can celebrate, mm. you know, and this is something that's built into our culture in general, yep. you know, al- alcohol especially. It's a, oh, you've worked all week, you've, you've earned it, you know, you, <laughs> you deserve to have a drink. So people are stuck in this cycle of, um, you know, sludging away all week and then, Writing themselves off over the, over the weekend and then coming back to it, but yes, I ended up uh, two years ago. I had a bit of a wake up call health wise as well with my heart. Um, so I'd again working in mental health. I had managing a lot of stress and I wasn't coping very well, um, and at times medicating with alcohol to cope with it. We did night shifts as well, so there were similarities there. Did night shifts and you'd come home late again after giving out a lot of that energy to to the consumers, um, taking on board a lot of their trauma that they were going through, sometimes not even realising it. And then, okay, well, I need a way to wind down. And like you said, that's sort of built into our culture that you, you know, need to relax, have a drink. And what I know now is that it actually does the complete opposite. Yes, that's right. You know, it messes with your um, sleep in a massive way. It messes with the quality of your sleep. Um, so, yeah, roundabout way of answering your question, but... You know, with the combination of working mental health and then having my own health issues um, with my heart, I had to completely change my lifestyle, my my nutrition and my exercise. Um, 
and it's you know that stuff's powerful you know people don't it, it's not given enough credit and luckily i had a really good gp um who didn't prescribe medication straight away um but he did you know because of the outside pressures um he prescribed some antidepressants and that was with me you know in agreement with me mm-hmm. um because i was doing a lot of self-regulation stuff like like positive things um meditation and breathing and exercise i was starting to exercise a bit more um but i still felt felt that horrible sort of drowning feeling Mm. so i went on them that and that sort of helped with my blood pressure and um health in general but he made me do the work in terms of the heart health stuff Mm. and because of my job at the time in in mental health and health promotion it all it just led me naturally into studying about nutrition and mental health and you know bringing that into my work as well as my personal life yes yeah so now i just think you know in terms of artists and the entertainment industry or for anyone really but bringing you know bringing about that change in the culture bringing about the lifestyle changes you know yes those those lifestyles are you know late nights all those things but it doesn't have to like like with anyone it doesn't have to revolve around unhealthy coping strategies Mm, that's right but mate you think about it like that's 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 a great business model to make people dependent on alcohol isn't it you, oh, absolutely. You, you know, you know, if you're amped up, the best thing you can do is stretch your body, like you know, to, to yeah. allow yeah. allow the energy to flow through your body again. You know, if you went out the back and just stretch for ten minutes, you'd probably like calm right down, and uh, and that'd make you feel better. You can have a few beers, and that'll get you back to a like a, a nice feeling again. But then there's consequences. You know, you you really mm-hmm. we, we haven't been taught to work with our bodies, hey, and, and what our body's telling us. And um, um, yeah, there's, there's so much education to be done in that place. But and, um, yeah, go ahead. And there's a, there's a hopeful aspect of, the, of that. Um, and obviously, I can only talk for WA, but there's a huge movement in WA at the moment. Uh, there's a really good energy around men's work but not not just men's work but the community that's attached to that in terms of you know re-educating people back to holistic methods Mm. back to understanding the signs that your body's telling you yeah you know understanding how to regulate um your emotions you know instead of just like i used to get migraines all the time straight away panadol Nurofen. I used to have Nurofen and Panadol, you know, every second day. That's it. For, for years. Um, because, again, that, that education is not there. That understanding's not there. And now I'm starting to see a lot more this movement of uh, medical doctors who are starting to speak out about, you know, we shouldn't be prescribing medication first thing. We should be looking at lifestyle. We should be looking at nutrition. We should be looking at exercise because they're the most underrated antidepressants mm-hmm. on the planet. 
and this is what people used to do, you know. Um, so that's become a really big passion of mine. Just again, when it when it's part of your personal experience, then you know you can spread that message out. You know, you can talk about it and hopefully inspire people to to take some of that on board. And that's you know that's I sort of embed that into any work that I do. Yeah, amazing, mate. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's getting back to the basics again, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, it really and, is. And just, yeah, you know, there, there's, there's a wisdom beyond our, what our beliefs are. You know, and if, you, if you're working against that, uh, then you're going to get a kick in the ass, basically. Yeah. You know, if you took a uh, kangaroo, I'm, I live on five acres, I'm looking at the, at the window of kangaroos at the moment. If you could took, yeah. a, took a kangaroo and put him in an agitated environment, then he's, he's going to get thrown out of whack. But they they mm. they work with the cycle of uh, of life and nature. You know, you don't have to think about yeah. it. It's pure instinct. We've been stripped away from our instinct into our thinking mind. You know, and um, the more we can get back to that balance again and be more connected with what our heart says and what our body says and this 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 mm. this knowledge that um, that that we innately know that we've just been disconnected from. It's about remembering, isn't it, and relearning that sort of stuff again. And uh, and that's our job moving forward to be able to help people to connect with that. Absolutely, and it, and even that, you know, the realm of holistic medicine, um, you know, that connection to your body. Even that's been um, attempted to be labelled over the years as, oh, you know, that's just that's just wishy washy. <laughs> hippie stuff you know of it's not it's you can't take that seriously that's just for hippies and um when i started doing the men's work myself and and become part of that community um you know my first experience going to an event um was just the range of types of guys that were there you know i at one of the events, I thought that um, a rugby team had been invited along because there was these massive tattooed, <laughs> you know, really, you know, macho men there doing doing breath and movement on the beach. Mm. And I just thought, what is this? You know, <laughs> why, why have I not known about this before? And, you know, being part of that community has, has shifted my life another level so mm. it's really about like what you're doing it's just getting as many people as possible talking about it you know providing these safe spaces for people to be able to realize that it's okay you know it's okay to struggle everyone's going to have struggles um but essentially there's ways that you can get help, but there's also ways that you can uh, help yourself. Yes. You know, there's really powerful ways that can change your life. Yeah, and, and it's a daily thing, mate, isn't it? Like it's maintenance. Mm. We've got to, got to do the maintenance on ourselves, otherwise um, we, we get, 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 get thrown out of whack, you know, and, and you know, really you become a little bit um, unconscious and overconfident in some ways and, 
you might take your life, oh, I'm okay, I'll go and get pissed again or do whatever I need to do. But, um, oh, yeah. you know, if you're doing the maintenance and feeling grounded, then you don't need to do those sort of sorts of things that, you know, um, take away your alignment and behaviour. But, um, mm. but that's what the mind does. It'll actually take you down a place of, um, uh, of, you know, temporary happiness or joy, but you do get a kick in the ass, And it's like a seesaw, isn't it, you know? Being able to yeah. to stay in that in that middle, um, you know, that neutral mind, as I said before, because if you're up or you're down consistently, it's not a great way to live. And um, you know, being a muso, you're up a lot, and sometimes you, yeah. you, you're gonna have to come down. AFL players, you know, all sportsmen are all the same. Yeah, it's about finding that. Um, well, it sounds a bit cliche, but finding that balance, and you know, unfortunately. We're also wired to, you know, do what's comfortable in in today's society. Every, everything around us is is designed for comfort. That's right. Yeah. You know, from from fast food to to alcohol to TV, and you know, like everything is designed to stop us from moving, stop us from doing that, that daily work on being the absolute ultimate person that you can be, mm-hmm. and you know whether that's by design, by governments and companies that maybe want to have that control over us and maybe make us not too powerful. Mm. Um, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. But I think ultimately one thing that sort of shifted my view, I guess, was just before I started working in mental health and I was I was in a very low spot again. Um mentally and I started listening to some podcasts and audio books and there was one guy that I was listening to that basically said you need to start with taking the responsibility for yourself first mm. then you, then your family then your community and once you do that in that order you know what you can achieve is powerful beyond beyond measure mm. you know and that that's something that i really took into my work in mental health as well um was people would sit there you'd have you'd have a first meeting with them and they'd tell you all the stuff that had happened to them you know what led them to being you know coming in and staying at the service so it was always all all the trauma and all the bad stuff yep and so you'd sit there and go okay you know obviously Acknowledge what you've been through. That sounds horrendous, you know. Uh, really, really sorry that you had to go through that. But my first question was always, okay, so what do you want your life to look like? Mm. You know, mm. let, let's take away all that trauma that's happened because that's already happened. What from this day? What do you want to do? Mm. You know, what what do you want it to look like? And that would just you know, you could see people going, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I, I can't do anything, you know, all this stuff's happened to me. And it was really empowering to see, you know, the, the consumers stayed with us for 28 days and to see the shift of people that took hold of that moment and actually started to realise these, it doesn't have to be big things, you know. It can be really tiny things where they have the power to start making those little changes, and those changes can then ripple out into these massive, you know, 
life-changing events. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the prevention, you know, the preventative um, ways of thinking is allowing people to have that power back to go, yes, all this stuff's happened to me or is happening to me, but I still have the power to have a good sleep, get up in the morning, do some breath, do an ice bath, like whatever the whatever your daily habits are that, that keep you um, neutral, like you say, you know, keep you functioning yep. to a high level. Um, and that's different for everybody, but giving people that choice and re- having that realisation that, oh, you know, I don't have to wait until I am almost going to have a heart attack or I don't have to wait until this crisis point before I can get help because we've all got that power inside us. Absolutely. Exactly right, mate. As we discussed before, we've, we've been disempowered, you know, in many ways. And mm. um, we've got so much potential as humans that we don't even realise and don't, don't tap into and don't go anywhere near. But you've got to be curious and you've got to be able to do the work and you've got to start to figure it out because... The more you, you, the more you become vulnerable, or the more you, you put yourself um, into some form of discomfort, whether that's getting up early in the morning and doing something, or mm. um, you know doing something which um, helps you grow rather than you know stay stagnant, um, is going to help you become independent and become physically and mentally the best you can possibly be. And that's our birthright, isn't it? At the end of the day, you know we're all we've all got this great potential as humans. We just got to uncover that and i believe we've all got a gift and uh you know a purpose so we've got to we've got to start to figure out and expose and you know you you just got to try and um you know just get out of your own road sometimes a lot of us and and just sort of see um see what's possible and um you know we we can be as you said like you were like self 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 doubting and and feelings of low self-worth and you know the the self-criticism and judgment and that uh, comes in, but that's not a great way to feel. We're not meant to be feeling like that, you know. That's that's no. that's actually like it. Look at our thoughts and start to reframe them and rephrase them, and so we can, you know, get on that on that growth pathway again. Absolutely, and we, you know, that sets us up to be in this constant state of, you know, fight or flight in our life. You know, we one of the biggest issues is we we have these moments of stress. But because of the design of today's society, we get stuck in this state of stress for much longer than, you know, like you were talking about kangaroos. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The animals, they have, you know, 10 seconds of, of stress where there's a predator or there's, you know, another, uh, another animal that's challenging them. They go, well, 10 seconds of stress, am I going to fight or am I going to run away? And then it's done. And then they lay down and they chill out and they breathe. And, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a natural thing. But the way that we are, unfortunately, our society's set up is that we have stress, 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 stress every day. That's right. Uh, I've got to go to work. And then you're at work and you get stressed and you've got people telling you what to do. And then you come home and then you've got stress. And there's never any, if there's never any downtime, if there's never any self-regulation of our actual energy in our body Mm. then you know that leads to the inflammation that leads to blood pressure all the all the major health issues are coming from a combination of that stress plus all the um 
you know, like I was talking about, the comfort. Mm, that's it. Society, all the all the processed foods and lack of exercise. Oh, mate, they've played it out really well. You think about it, when we were kids, uh, you were born in maybe 74, but, uh, you know, you wouldn't find a, a fast food place, you know, for, 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 no. for, for like, kilometres and kilometres. Now they're on every corner um, and, and they're trying to push us down that pathway as much as possible. But, yeah, when, when, when the, the, you know, the, 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 the mind is stressed and you're talking about young people and that now, like their mind's on all the time. So they're looking for a d- d- diversion by eating something or drinking something, mm. you know. That's yeah. only going to get them a, a little bit of temporary, like, you know, quietness. But um, it's a skill we've got to learn uh, because, you know, we haven't been taught it. We've got to learn to slow that nervous system down. And, um, you know, we've got such a, a huge job to do. But, but yeah, you're right. It, it, it shows up in diseases in, in the body. You know, the, the body will, will, mm. will give you evidence of, of, a, of an imbalance, you know. And if we're smart enough to see what that imbalance is and correct it ourselves, then, then that's that's our job to do that. But we've been disconnected from that. And, um, um, you know, that's a good business model again because we're, we're, we're gone gone in this pathway of looking outside ourselves whereas all the answers are always within ourselves we just got to like learn how yeah. to tune into that again yeah and trusting that we can you know like i i won't lie I, I, when i started my change in lifestyle for my heart issues um you know there was plenty of moments over that first year especially where i just thought oh you know this isn't going to work and and mm. or it's too little too late and you know as if exercise and nutrition are going di- to make any difference of of uh, 46 years of you know pretty much doing the wrong thing <laughs> yeah abusing yourself yeah well mate i can tell um, i'm a testament to that and and you know i yeah i, I punished myself hard for a long time and uh till one day i said i'd had enough and um Basically, that's when I started to be curious and I started to change and I just kept showing up and, and that's what we've got to do if we want to break the cycles, eh? Mm, that's it. You know, it's, 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 it's available to all of us, but uh, it sounds like you were, you were very similar. Yeah, and it's, you know, again, when I was working with clients in, in the mental health setting, um, you'd have, you know, the service where I was had a, range of ages and mental health challenges from, you know, age 16 up to 65. And when I'd get the younger people through and they'd be saying, oh, you know, I feel like a failure. And I said, look, mm. you're, you're 20 years ahead of someone like me who didn't get that wake-up call until, you know, mid-30s, late 30s. Yeah, that's right. Um, and beyond. I said, you're... I had a 19-year-old once that was wanting to get her drinking under control. And I just thought, you know, massive props to you for having that courage to even see that and admit mm, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's all there and, and I think, you know, it's up to people like yourselves and people like myself that are doing this work, but also, you know, parents... As a parent, I'm constantly learning because I'm bringing this work into my kids as well. And the best thing you can do is model that. Um, you know, my six-year-old will absolutely lose his mind at something because he's six. <laughs> and, um, you know, instead of getting drawn into that argument like I used to, um, 
it's being able to stand in front of him and hold his hands or give him a hug and just breathe with him. Mm. And he's he's started recognising that himself. He's He even communicates to us when he finds it hard to take a breath. Mm. You know, he's like, oh, I can't stop crying. I don't know why I can't stop crying. So then we'll just let him cry a bit longer. Mm. But that's a powerful enough thing in itself because kids are, you know, the main thing that, the main people that kids are learning from are their parents. Yes. So there's lots of work to be done, like you said, but it's, there's also a lot of hope out there and there's a lot of, a lot of people doing a lot of good things. And, you know, like I said, even, even people in the medical profession who are starting to prescribe, um, you know, the basics, nutrition and exercise. Mm, or meditation, um, I, meditation as I well, think, yeah. Yeah, I think you mentioned that that was one of the choices for you was exercise from your doctor. Yeah, I was very lucky. I, I was, uh, maybe that was 2009, and um, I was very, like, burnt out and stressed with my work, uh, mm-hmm. and all I got was the EAP, you know, go, go to that, and you talk to someone, you haven't got a clue who they are. Um, so basically, um, yeah, I went to the GP and he said, like, you can do two things, take medication or exercise. And I just said, right, I've got to, I've got to do something differently now. And, and, and I did. And, um, you know, I hadn't looked back. Uh, I still do that every day now, um, 14 years later. And, um, yeah. uh, and, but also I learned to settle my mind down as well. So, you know, the, the, the exercise is great because you, you're on, but also you've got to learn to, to, to turn off. And, and about mm. 2013, I realised that. I've got to learn to settle my mind. So I went to the Buddhists and, and they taught me this sort of stuff. And, um, uh, nice. and then I, I sort of went into yoga and all that too. But, but primarily, it's, it's a daily thing because your mind can just take you away. Uh, your thoughts can take you away. But if you can learn just to let go and and just get grounded and that, then, you know, you can take charge again. And, um, yeah, yeah, a bit like you, like I went into, into, into life thinking that success was all from the status and the money and all those sorts of things. And, mm. uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that are, that are like that that are pretty miserable inside, you know. But, but we, can, we can get that connection back within ourselves. we just got to, like, really be serious about making changes. Yeah, and it's really possible... At any age, you know, I've, I've met a lot of guys that are my age or sometimes even older and they're having this crisis point and they're like, you know, oh, it doesn't matter, it's too late for me sort of thing. And it's like, it, no, it doesn't have to be. Absolutely. You, know, you can you can make changes at any point in your life and it, you know, be a massive change for you. In a, in a positive way. We have guys in the men's circles, uh, you know, in their 70s, guys in their 20s, and they're all learning mm. off each other. And, like, the guys in their 20s, are, we all will. So, like, you know, how lucky you are to be here now because, you know, a lot of them yeah. are coming to that point, like, in their 60s, 70s or whatever, but at least they're getting to that point to be curious again. Um, yeah. You know, and it usually takes a scare for them to get there, but... The men's circles are preventative maintenance at the end of the day. You know, you don't go there if something's wrong, or well, you do, but if you can go there regularly, it's just like, you know, going to the gym and exercising, you're giving yourself an emotional workout because that's what we don't do very well as guys, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing, like, I, I run a men's circle in right in the Perth CBD because mm. um, I live in the city. And, um, you know, I realised there was lots of men's stuff um, 
down at Scarborough. It's one of the beach suburbs. Yep. And then south of the river and, you know, a bit further down south in the country, there's men's circles sort of happening all over the place. But um, because I live in the city, I thought, well, there's heaps of people that live right in the city. Mm. Um, so that's fairly new. It's only a few months old, but there's um, that's growing slowly and guys sort of finding their way to me and it's such a powerful thing to facilitate that space and sit there and just actually provide you know you you literally are just providing that safe space for them to come in and talk about what they need to talk about and there's some guys that have been there from the start that you know you you then are sharing this whole journey with them They, they have ups and downs and some mornings they'll show up and be absolutely pumped and, you know, have had a great week and they're feeling good and other weeks they're just, you know, again, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's literally just letting them talk. And I've seen guys start with, yeah, yeah, it's been an okay week and blah, 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 and it's all like that surface level stuff and then they realise actually a lot of this stuff's been going on for me and, <laughs> you know, um, because, again, like you said, there's a lot of busyness built into our world and a lot of feeling like, oh, yeah, well, I don't have time to go see a therapist or I don't have time to go to a men's circle. Um, but, again, from personal experience, when I started making the time for that and, you know, I was working full-time at, at the time and I've got five kids between me and my wife, mm. so definitely busy, but as soon as I made space for that, again, the value that you get back from it to take into your own life is just absolutely huge. Yeah, it's not negotiable, isn't it, because you're doing something which is not just good for you, it's good for your whole family, and, um, mm. you know, that, that's what a lot of guys don't sort of understand. We've got to, we've got to do these things because it's not just about ourselves, it has a tremendous effect on, on, on everybody, you know. Like, if you do nothing then, you know, that's exactly the change that you'll get. You won't get any change. That's right, Um, yeah. But you can do little things that actually make these massive, end up making these huge changes, and it ripples out, like I said, to yourself, then to your family, and then to your community. And ultimately, that's what we need is men especially, but, but, you know, everyone in, in our society to be relearning these things and understanding how powerful we can be yes to live our live our you know full passionate lives and have fun doing it (laughs) that that's 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 our birthright eh? that's what we're we're meant to be doing you know we're not meant to struggle we're we're really meant to thrive we're just got to you know, re, re, reframe our lives a little bit so we can do that. I think it's 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 available to all of us. But mate, I, I, well, you I, want uh, go ahead. You want kids to have fun all the time, and then as adults we we lose that and we think that we have to be serious all the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. yeah. Life's life's meant to be a joy. You know, my dad just died recently, and and he lived for, he lived with that mindset. Oh. You know. He, he, he was really, really, like, grateful for everything that happened to him in his life, good and bad stuff. And, um, oh, beautiful. Uh, you know, but he, he got, he become dependent over the last few years because he got dementia, you know. But, um, 
Mm. Um, but primarily, um, yeah, he just was very, very grateful for the basics. You know, when he was a kid, he had to support his family because his dad died early. And as a 12 or 13 yeah. year old, he was catching fish and rabbits and that to, <laughs> to feed the family, you know. And, nice. um, yeah, so, you know, um, we think we've got it tough, but we haven't really got it that tough, a lot of us. And, um, if we can just get back to that, that simplicity in the, you know, the, the basic stuff, um, then I think we can be more connected and, um, start to, you know, take a bit more of an uh, autonomy in our lives. And, um, you know, that's, that's our job to be able to help people sort of find that. But, you know, people are going to do the work too. They've got to put the, the effort in to, to be consistent with this sort of stuff and, and just keep showing up and, um, yeah, you know it's it's important. It's hard work, but it's also hard work. Feeling like crap, you know. Exactly, that's right. Yeah, it's a what, lot. Of, what's lot of, yeah. what's your choice? You know, would you rather do hard work and feel feel great and have a good life, or would you rather do really hard work to stay in a really shit spot? <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> exactly. Yeah, now it's easy to do it that way. It's it's not good. It's a, Mate, how can people get hold of you if there's a muse listening to this and they're looking to maybe get some support or whatever? Or what's the best way of doing that? Um, well, Insane and Assist is the company that I'm working with or charity that I'm working with. We provide um, programs specifically for people working in the entertainment industry. Um, but also personally, uh, you can reach out to me Um on social media and i don't know if you can put the details of that in um in Possibly, the show but what is it mate go, go ahead it's just ty ty yeah underscore cherry c-h-e-r-r-i-e yeah easy mate. that's on on instagram and uh, that's the easiest way if anyone is you know Men especially looking for some support. Uh, there's some stuff that I'm starting up there in that space. Um, but, yeah, anyone who works in the entertainment industry or, you know, runs a company or, you know, anything like that that wants to check it out, we are national now that, now that it's over in WA and um, entertainmentassist.org.au. Amazing, mate. I uh, really uh, think that's a wonderful thing that you're doing and a full credit to the people that set that up because, um, yeah, like a lot of guys in that industry are left on their own. A lot of guys in many industries are left on their own. You know, they're not, um, they haven't got this sort of wraparound service that uh, they can support them, you know, and a muso primarily, no. uh, if, unless you're attached to a label, you are independent as much as possible, aren't you? And you haven't really got anyone around you, but to have this sort of framework I think is really important. It's cool. Yeah, and there's so many different, um, you know, one thing that I've learned since having these conversations over here is there's not only just the entertainment industry, which is the same, it's all the different areas of it. You know, there's the orchestra, there's mm. actors, there's road crew, um, there's regional artists, there's, and each one of those subsets has its own um, stresses and challenges That's right. that are specific just to that role. Mm. So, you know, we're doing the best we can to, again, through a preventative lens, to equip people working in the industry to, you know, have those those autonomous methods of, of managing themselves mm. so that they're not, you know, we're not 
burning out and we're not sort of going even worse into a more serious state of depression or mental health challenges. That's it, mate. And and good on you for it. And, you know, there's people that you wouldn't even know about that you might have been in a really bad place that you've been able to divert and they may never tell you, but, um, you know, it's amazing what um, mm. what the work you do actually does and the ripple effect that actually has. And um, just keep doing it, mate. It's, it's important and it's needed. So I'm, I'm... Yeah, you too. Yeah, very grateful for the chat. And I'm sure we're going to get to catch up. I'd like to get over there and... Uh, and uh, and see you sometime, mate. So um, so yeah, put the kettle on. <laughs> <Right>. No worries. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for having the chat. Cheers, mate.